My name is Dr. Nate Shannock. And my name is Merrick Egbert. This is the official podcast of the Else for Autism Foundation for Autism. We call our podcast this because it's a play on our foundation's name, and Merrick and I are both terrible golfers. But we love how golf has become such a transformative tool to helping people with autism. When I'm not on the podcast, I'm part of our growing research team. And when I'm not part of the podcast, I'm the communications specialist, which is why you're hearing me right now. I'm also autistic. This is our 36th episode of the podcast, Learning to Swim with Dr. Jack Scott. Dr. Scott is the executive director of FEU CARD and a keynote speaker on the sports fitness curricula. Speech will be about drowning elopement and teaching individuals with autism how to swim. We are currently involved in a campaign to raise funds for a recreation complex, which would include a swimming pool. So make sure you listen to the interview on part A of the podcast. Also on part A is our foundation news and updates, where you will learn more about what we are, what we have been doing as a foundation, what we are doing and what we will be doing. What we hope to do is to present news and updates about our foundation, interviews with feature stories that play a big role with us and with the community as a whole. Speaking of which, for Part B, listeners will get to hear our Today in the World of Autism segment, where we posit the news and current events reflective of the world we live in today. Also, check our show notes for websites, resources, and other groovy things we would like to have on the written record for all you four autism fans. And now, for the moment you have all been waiting for, Today in the World of Autism. Our discussion segment, starting with Dr. Nate Shinnok and his fantastic research-oriented topic. What an introduction. That was sizzling with scintillation. We've got some good ones for you today, folks. So first of all, let's talk about conquering mountains and challenges. Chris Shepard a man in the UK has recently discovered that rock climbing helps him to feel free and cope with challenges related to having autism spectrum disorder. According to Chris, rock climbing is like a magic tonic that improve his, improves his capability to interact socially and to lead a more holistic life. Chris has previously been called obsessive given his attention to detail and enthusiasm pertaining to certain topics. Although this is typically viewed in a negative light, in the rock climbing community, obsession is a highly respected trait. Climbing is a fun way that allows autistic individuals to be social without putting too much pressure on them. While there is still interaction with others, it's considerably less one-on-one -on -one and more of a team exercise. It also reduces the stress of commitment. Rocks will always be present and available, and individuals on the spectrum can simply decide to show up one day to engage in this activity. Apart from this, climbing is a sport that has a simple and set routine. Therefore, feeling overwhelmed is out of the question. As a result of this, they don't have to worry about following typical social conventions during this activity. The scope of repetition that climbing provides could be construed as a relief for autistic people. Many physical activity and sport training programs have been well-researched and applied to autism therapeutic plans, which will be discussed more, of course, 
at our recreating recreation conference. Various trainings revolving around running, swimming, karate, tennis, and golf have yielded positive effects on socio-communicative skills, repetitive behaviors, and motor functioning. This is the first report I've heard on the potential benefits of rock climbing. So I wanted to present a little bit of a different approach here and a unique perspective from Chris Shepard. Of course, the type of rock climbing that Chris engages in, which is very advanced, would not be the first step, but some form of hiking and interaction with the rocks would be a necessary first step. And I wanted to get Merrick's perspective on this. I, I want to ask you, what are your takeaways from the article? And do you have any experience hiking or doing rock climbing? Okay, so one takeaway from the article is basically that um, <clears throat> that when it comes to sports, when it comes to physical activities, you hear the same practice makes perfect. And if someone is interested in repetitive tasks, and basically being able to motivate yourself in, in your own way instead of having other people do it completely for you, uh, then it's it's really a no-brainer as to why individuals with autism would be uh, would really, really like some of these physical activities and some of these physical trainings. Um and it also, um, some of these uh, activities also rely on uh, being able to control how much socialization you have, how much uh, communication and interactivity you have, and can basically be, for, for example, golf. It, it's very much of a sport where uh, one person or people who take turns golf. And it's not exactly that much of a team sport. So you don't have to deal with the challenges of having to communicate to others about what you wish to do. And so it's, it's basically um, a, a way of, having a, a solitude sense of life while also being very, very productive and also having some of those uh, social skills be improved, but not as much as it is forcing it on the person, which is an interesting impact that, that the person would have. Um. I also find it uh, interesting to think about because while I am not great at hiking or if there was like any sense of rock climbing on my part, it, it would be uh, very, very terrible to actually uh, rock climb or to mountain climb or whatever. But... I love 
uh, hiking movies. I love rock climbing movies. Um, there was a movie by the name of Free Solo, which I watched a few years ago, um, whose main uh, person of interest who was profiled throughout the whole entire documentary was Alex Honnold. And he would actually do some of the most rigorous and difficult things in regards to the mountain climbing world. And he has admitted in the past to having autism or to being somewhere on the spectrum. So it is very much, uh, it is not unusual for someone like Chris Shepard to uh, find a kinship with uh, mountain climbing or rock climbing. But um, I actually wrote a blog article in the month of January about um, how traveling was able to make me feel a greater kinship to um, being able to uh, overcome things physically and to be able to ha to be fit in terms of what I would be doing. Uh, because, for example, there are so many national parks in Utah and I would basically hike through so many of these national parks and I would be exhausted I, I, my knees would hurt, my legs would hurt, um, because I don't exactly, I, I don't walk real fast. My stamina is very low, but I would actually motivate myself to try to hike and to try to make sure that I am going to some of these uh, sites um, that would involve grueling physical activity. And that that was basically I, I I think to myself, okay, there there isn't that much stuff that I can basically hike in the in the state of Florida, but I can hike in places where I, I feel like that that there has to be something special about it. there has to be something interesting about it like Death Valley, um I went to um. Oh gosh, I forget the name. There was actually a movie made about this. Uh, oh gosh, and it's this. It's this table, you know. It's this very very long table that's at this very very high point, and the way I would hike up it uh, was just grueling. But it was really, really interesting to get up there and to see the view um, that uh, that I could spot. And it, it's in Death Valley, and it's really, really cool. Um, but overall, I'm not, I, I don't really rock climb. I don't mountain climb, but I do hike. But it's not exactly as common as some people would uh would do but 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 i have hiked in the in the past um and you know it's it's all part of that traveling angle because i love traveling 
I love seeing new spots. I love seeing new places. And, you know, if I have to hike up somewhere, then maybe I can do it. But uh, I'm not exactly as physical as some people are. So I don't do it all the time. I don't do it every day. I don't do it every month. But once in a while, I travel and I hike. So it, that's that's the way that I that I get my enjoyment out of something like that. Yeah, that's really well said. And I think this is a great example of when it comes to recreational opportunities, we don't have to put a cap on the number of of options or societal um, societally uh, acceptable activities. Okay, so something like rock climbing is maybe seen as more of an uncommon recreational activity. And, and that's one of the reasons why I chose this article was because it doesn't fit into the typical mold of what we think about for fitness, whether it be running, cycling, or participating in sports. Well, you could have picked a story about parkour. <laughs> I, ver I very well could have. <laughs> I somehow skipped over that one. And well, you skipped over it like you were doing a parkour move. Yeah, I parkoured the parkour story, right? Yeah. So I thought this was really cool. And I think it just further breaks down some of the, the preconceived notions that we have about what individuals with autism or other disabilities should be engaged in. And you alluded to some of the really great things about rock climbing, which could be seeing new places and, and new terrains. And then also just metaphorically climbing mountains. You know, it's a great metaphor for some of the issues that we go through, that we all go through in life. And that's one of the most gratifying activities that I've engaged in would be climbing to the top of a really high mountain. I did that in utah uh, a couple years ago now at zion national park and um yeah it's uh it's it's cool stuff that chris is involved with just uh don't convince everyone to climb mount everest right well you, you need need to start with maybe a hill before <laughs> you, you climb a mountain yeah but uh actually um one of my favorite movies, I'll have to say, is Valley Uprising, which takes place in California, and it has to do with all of these attempts to rock climb, to climb mountains and everything like that in some of the national parks, and it it, it was fantastic. I, I really, really suggest that if there's a way you can see Valley Uprising to see it, it's a, it's a fantastic film. It's a documentary. Good plug-in. I'll have to check that out. Okay, so uh, maybe uh, my subject can be more attuned to the general audience, I would have to say. <laughs> Instead of uh, basically talking about rock climbing, my story is about sports movies. 
So as I went over before, I'm not particularly athletic. I have not competed nor completed any physical challenges. The closest thing I have done uh, was an eating contest, which I won, eating a watermelon. The closest things uh, were hiking at some of our national parks, including Utah's, but I have always enjoyed a good sports film. When I was growing up, you could pretty much name what time period you grew up in based on what sports film was playing during that time. Outside of many animated features, a good amount of sports films over the years targeted family viewing. Sure, there are some sports films that skew towards an older crowd, but many of the films that I saw that were not animated were sports films because it was about a sport that even the youngest of us knew existed and told the timeless underdog story that generally taught about empowerment. Even if so many of the characters are still in compulsory schooling, I would categorize to high school in that way one of the first things you can do to prove yourself is to be good at a sport way before video games could teach that physical acumen cannot claim achievers only before i could see any r-rated movie i was 13 when i saw the first one sports films pretty much ruled my life the first ace ventura pet detective made me my first live action film which was my favorite movie for a long time, had a plot that followed the kidnapping of the mascot of the Miami Dolphins. It was also the first time I had heard about Dan Marino. I love Ace Ventura Pet Detective so much that I became a huge Jim Carrey fan and also saw my first comic book film, Batman Forever, because of him. I didn't really know that much about football, but it was the initiator of a long fandom. Still, I have seen most, if not all, of Jim Carrey's films. I also saw the Mighty Ducks, the Mighty Ducks series, The Sandlot, but my favorite movie for a long time was The Big Green about soccer. I used to say that soccer was my favorite sport, partially due to being good at it for a season. I think I was in middle school at the time, but I also liked that you are supposed to kick the ball instead of using your hands, which allowed me to not be afraid of the ball as much, and the action was intense. Reading reviews on it since, it it wasn't well-liked by anyone besides me, but I haven't rewatched it since I was little. When I grew much older, I started watching movies usually geared towards an older demographic and also being more about more than just sports. One of my favorite movies, O.J. Made in America, was a multi-part documentary series that examined the rise and fall of O.J. Simpson. When I was much younger, I didn't understand why the trial of O.J. Simpson was so important, but now I knew. Another movie that I loved was Eight Men Out. It was a 1980s release about baseball, but the central plot line was about if a team playing in the World, Ser- in the World Series, the Chicago White Sox, intentionally threw the game because of corruption. While well, I would still see The Ladybugs, a Rodney Dangerfield movie about soccer, I believe, that was fine. My taste had me watch The Natural Field of Dreams and Hoosiers, which is not the best sports movie of all time. <laughs> Nate, what sports films do you like the most, if you like any at all? And what movie have you seen last? Yeah, what a great topic for a little afternoon inspiration. And yeah, I had a similar trajectory as you, Merrick. I grew up watching a ton of sports movies. And my mom regularly tells me that for the first Let's see, from the time I was one years one year old to two years old, I requested to watch the movie The Sandlot pretty much every day. 
um, because I enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching that movie so much. And I'm, I may have those years a little bit off, but it was early in my childhood. One to two years old. I'm, I'm off. <laughs> I think, I think three to four. Yeah. Four, excuse me. I, I think you were learning your first words at that light at that rate. My first word was sandlot. No. <laughs> so I was, I was very fond of that movie and I also know that from the time I was a young kid, I would, when I was at the park, I would beg my parents if that I would be able to play on a baseball team and have a uniform. And so my interest in sports movies did definitely coincide with an interest I was having to participate in sports. But I would say... Aside from Sandlot, which I still do enjoy to this day, my favorite. Did the dog sport, give you nightmares? The Beast. Yeah, yeah. The, the Beast uh, gave me a lot of nightmares, especially when he jumped out of the through the birthday cake. I think for for a couple years, I was afraid that the Beast was going to jump out of my birthday cake. So, what's scarier, the Beast or Cujo? Wait, who who's Cujo again? So there was this Stephen King uh, novel about Cujo. And basically there was a movie made about the character that uh, he was like this really, really big dog. Not, not exactly, you know, like this uh, monster dog, but very, very big and was kind of scary. You mean Clifford? or we can go through the whole entire rabbit hole going when we would come to clifford and then talking about the uh, martin short uh movie that i watched when i was little yeah uh yeah i haven't seen cujo but i imagine i would have been much more afraid of that when i was four years old so my favorite sports movie is Rudy, the oh, football yeah. movie about the Notre Dame um, walk-on who played in played in community college and just went through this extremely exigent journey to be to play on the football team and everyone from his hometown said that he would never be able to do it. And sure enough, uh, the last scene of the movie has him coming out. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Okay. I'll only say that I still cry when it's on to this day, every time that I watch it. So do you relate to the um, movie because you're from the Midwest? Yeah, in the Midwest, especially in Indiana, football and basketball are the way of life. And most of the activities revolve around the collegiate football and basketball, whether it's Notre Dame or the University of Indiana or Purdue. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great cultural film. 
I also love Field of Dreams and Hoosiers. And one of the one of the recent movies that came out that I would highly recommend to people would be Moneyball. Oh yeah. Love Brad the movie. Pitt. Yeah, and Jonah Hill. That was a great one. Are we forgetting any on this list? I feel like some of the listeners may be mad at us. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, we forgot what Rookie of the Year. That that was one of the movies I watched growing up. That's a good one. Miracle is pretty popular. The hockey movie about Team USA versus Russia. Yeah, that was a fantastic movie, too. Rocky Balboa, the well, the original Rocky was i i think fantastic and there's a lot of good ones in that series yeah i love the movie rocky because um while spawning uh a excellent franchise uh it was the ending of the movie rocky that was really 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 compelling and it was the fact that apollo creed in the first rocky was not like some kind of big villain, a hulking villain, but was basically like a friendly rival instead of being this villain. And I, I would see so many movies where, you know, a rival or someone would be the villain, but it wasn't like that at all in the first Rocky. And I believe that Sly Stallone or Sylvester Stallone directed it. What's interesting is that he directed... The first movie where he played Rocky Balboa yeah. and the latest Creed movie where he where uh, Michael B. Jordan plays the descendant of Apollo Creed was directed by Michael B. Jordan, who plays the descendant of Apollo Creed, which is in Creed three. So it's interesting. Those movies are excellent as well. I really in, have enjoyed those. Yeah, it's it's just very, very tough. I'm not really, uh, as me, as some of you may know, um, sports is basically my kryptonite when it would come to anything, but I love sports films. Yeah, and I think you alluded to this, but video games are starting to become sports they're being featured on certain segments of espn and esports yeah and tnt has broadcasted some major professional gaming events and yeah i i think gaming requires a lot of hand-eye coordination reaction speed so i i think it it could be it could very well be considered a, a sport well, um, believe me, I, I've known about the legendary uh, Tecmo Super Bowl or Tecmo Bowl uh, for a while because that's like one of the biggest sports games of all time. And it was released on the Nintendo Entertainment System in the 80s. But it's one of the biggest uh, sports games that are available even now. Um, there have been some uh hacks of the ROM, uh, that actually would update the rosters to try to get things current and up to date for Tech Mobile. 
Oh, wow. Yes. So as we're brainstorming ideas here, I think that there, there's still hope for Merrick and, and myself to become professional athletes. Merrick and video gaming, and I'm going to go hit the tennis court. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll play Tecmo Bowl, and uh, I'll be easily creamed by whoever comes to... I mean, oh gosh, the baseball games I've played, the baseball video games I've played, I've always had horrible luck. I would usually strike out, and then when it would come to the opposing team, I would never catch any of the balls, and I would never strike. It would not be. It would. I would not strike anyone out. So I would <laughs> always lose at these baseball video games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate everybody listening so much. And I think we have one more send off about our recreating recreation conference. Okay. But before you do, what movie have you seen last? Ah, I somehow missed that last part of the question. <laughs> the. Last movie that I saw. Hmm. That can't be the last movie I saw. The last one that's coming to mind is the new Avatar movie, but that's that's been a couple months now. I um I have to be honest, I have not been watching as many movies lately. So I believe that is actually the last one that I, I've seen. I really want to watch All Quiet on the Western Front and also the Banshees of... <laughs> help me with the last part of the name. I, I will definitely help you because you're you're supposed to be like, what? Your, your mother is Irish or whatever, and you're actually uh, stumped by the name of the of the last part of the movie it's called the banshees of inishirin inishirin okay just because my last name rhymes with shamrock does not mean i'm irish <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> okay but uh yeah uh the banshees of inishirin is fantastic uh it's it's uh basically uh that should have won Best Picture that should have won all the different awards it was nominated in at the Oscars and it didn't win one, but oh, uh, I I love the film. It, it was the best film at the Oscars. My favorite film from last year was X, but I absolutely loved the Banshees of Inisherin and the movie that actually, interestingly enough, the movie that I saw last was The Quiet Girl which is the first film to be nominated in the Irish language. And uh, I actually got to eat vegan shepherd's pie before I watched The Quiet Girl. But that was the last movie I saw. Beautifully understated, subtle, and just uh, a fantastic film. Okay, wow. So you've heard it here. We, we have a couple of films that we should check out, myself included. And also because we are very close to St. Patrick's Day. 
Yes. Coming up in just two days here. Lots of excitement in the month of March. Yes. Okay, so if you're listening before the 2023 Recreating Recreation Conference, have a great time at the conference. And if you are listening after, make sure to enjoy, to enjoy the calendar of events for World Autism Month. We would like to thank our listenership and the foundation who helped support our efforts on the For Autism podcast. We will see you in April for World Autism Month. So how about a little bit of a for I wish that I could fly so high, oh, like a butterfly. I fly into the air so high, oh, like a butterfly. Moth is a butterfly without any colors But what's beautiful is what's inside Maybe a moth is just a butterfly trying to hide Well I'm just a caterpillar crawling around Knowledge in my head but my feet on the ground Soon I'll be like an angel in the sky Like a butterfly I wish that I could fly so high like a butterfly I fly into the air So high Oh, like a butterfly Like a bird I was meant to soar I will fly through the sunlight And even when it pours It can't stop me when I get a hold of the wind In the future your eyes will light up To think that I was once a poor caterpillar like a flock of butterflies I wish I could fly so high Oh, like a butterfly I'll fly into the air so high Oh, like a butterfly Fly, cause I'm a butterfly. I'm flying through the air, so high.